With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. This is Minnesota. Minnesota when it's, I don't know, two degrees outside and snowing and coming down and layering. For all you people that wanted a white Christmas, it's right here in Minnesota. All right? And it's not going to stop for like a week. So I'll just give you the early weather report right now and hope that everybody else is having a good time. All right, wherever you're at. Happy holidays. <laughs> why is why is Baldy in Minnesota? We don't know. Declan played that clip like two days ago, and I asked him, I said, is that recent? Is that like, like was he here for the Rams game? And we didn't know it, which would be a shame. Just... <laughs> why is Baldy here? And and why is Baldy in the street? Baldy, get out of the street. You're in the turn lane, baby. That's dangerous, Baldy. You're tough, but not that tough. I feel like this time of year, Baldy is just in search of football weather, and so yeah. he's just he's going he's going from Minneapolis over to Chicago up to up to Buffalo. He's Green just Bay. like he's alienating his family just to spend time in football climates. Green Bay Sunday night. It's supposed to be brutal. It's going to be brutally cold, Baldy. Right there. Yeah, maybe that's what he's doing. He's making the trek. Um, this is Purple Daily. I'm alive. Good to yeah. see you guys. AJ's in for Declan today. Uh, and this, uh, these Great shenanigans day. are presented in part uh, not only by Surly, but also by TCL. So if you're if you're looking for some great playoff football viewing experiences, TCL can bring those to you. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. I'm going to give you guys two choices to start the show today. Choice number one, I can give you a 10-minute play-by-play detailed explanation of my food poisoning bout from 48 hours ago. Uh, like literally down to the exorcism type, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Mm, stomach shenanigans. Projectile yeah. <laughs> vomiting is what they call it. If you want to cut to the chase. Or option two is we can dive into a really interesting mock draft from Pro Football Focus. That's a tough choice. It's a really tough choice, but I'm going to go number uh, two. Yeah, I, I'm, I am. Oh, no. I, I've been going number two plenty yeah. the last couple of days. <laughs> no pun intended. I'm with AJ. <laughs> Let's go behind. How about this one? Door two. All right. All right. We're not going number nice. two. We're going behind door, door two. number yes. two here, just to clarify. <laughs> Careful and, what you wish and, for, AJ. Careful what you wish for. 
So this is actually from, uh, and we'll get to we get to state of the offense Thursday here. So we'll get to the four key offensive stats. And uh, if you're wondering, like, why does if you're watching on YouTube right now and you're wondering why does the screen look weird? So we have some audio video issues here. I'm at the uh, Hubbard Phoenix Studios, and so I need one computer for my dimly lit video, and then another computer for the dimly sounding audio. So thanks for bearing with us here on this episode of purple daily Jim being the operative word of this entire show. This is the Jordan flu game, but I am not Michael Jordan. You're just, you guys are just carrying me to the bench. I'm not scoring 38 points. I'm just leaning on you. Like you are a Scotty Pippen. Uh, So, all right. So this is from our friend, Eric eager pro football focus friend of the show. He is the vice president of research at Pro Football Focus. Did you know that Eric Eager got a vice president title there at some point? He didn't tell us that. No, no, he didn't. I, I saw it. Um, I saw it in the the explainer, and I was like, "Vice president? What the heck is this?" Dude, he used to be. He used to be a vent line caller like six years ago. Now he's the he vice a, president. He was just a fan of the show. Now he's like the <laughs> hair club for men president. It's great. It's very so- impressive. And so uh, this is this is I think this is his first crack at a 2022 mock draft. And I'm just going to I'm just going to speed through here because, you know, whatever the early picks are for other teams. You got uh, Aiden Hutchinson going number one, the edge rusher from Michigan to the Jaguars. You got uh, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, another edge rusher going to the Lions at two. Dan Campbell will love that addition of defense Uh, tackle from Alabama. Evan Neal, the Texans at three. Cornerback Derek Stingley to the Jets from LSU. Okay. Um, first quarterback off the board, uh, Matt Coral from Ole Miss to Washington at nine. Mm. And then the pit quarterback, Kenny Pickett to the Falcons at 10. The heir apparent to Matt Ryan. Small hands, Kenny Pickett. That's all I got to say. Small Does hands. Does he have small hands? Yes, it's a, it's a hand problem. How small are his hands like Dante Culpepper smaller? I think they might be smaller. I think I saw that they might be smaller. Because Dante fumbled like 20 times a season. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm In sure, retrospect, I'm, it was problematic. Yeah, small hands. Uh, 11 here to the Broncos is, uh, is it pronounced Ikem Aquano? He's a tackle from North Carolina State. And that brings us to number 12, the Minnesota Vikings. Plenty of different places they could go here. I mean, they need a right guard. They probably need another center. If Mike Zimmer sticks around, they're always looking for defensive players. They, they need cornerbacks. Let's, mm-hmm. I mean, as difficult as that is to believe, this team actually needs depth at cornerback yeah. and good young corners. Well, Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, has the Vikings taking Malik Willis, mobile quarterback from Liberty University. And here's the write-up. This isn't an easy topic to approach for Vikings fans, but the roster isn't good enough to win with Kirk Cousins and his cap hit, which is going to be $45 million next year. Additionally, there isn't one player taken at this spot who will change this truth substantially, meaning, all right, if he's going to play on such a big cap hit, is there a player you could draft, like a guard or a cornerback, that fixes everything else so that you can win 11, 12, 13 games? Probably not. So the move here is to trade Cousins save $35 million in cap space and explore options at the quarterback position. Or as I said on the PFL, uh, the PFF NFL live show, let it go. Just let, let the mediocrity go here. While Malik Willis hasn't exactly put up the best numbers. He is a good prospect when one adjusts for strength of surrounding talent, having earned the seventh most wins above average among all quarterbacks 
during the 2021 season. What are your thoughts, Judd, on the idea of trading Kirk Cousins and drafting Malik Willis if he's available at number 12? I love this conversation because it takes us to a place of of grand change with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, My thoughts are this. I in no way, shape, or form want Rick Spielman and potentially Zimmer to make this pick. I don't want a kid being developed who, by the way, looks like he's got a lot of talent. I have no idea how it translates, but, you know, to say, well, it won't, could be completely wrong. So this pick excites me if it's made by people I trust. And I do I do not trust the current administration to, A, draft a quarterback, and, B, I don't trust the current coach and coaching staff, and this is equally as important, to develop said player. And so I'm very intrigued by this thought process if it's the right people in place to, to say, this is the kid. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't be wrong but I don't trust Rick at, at all at this point on quarterbacks. Um, I would far prefer a person make this pick who says, here's why I'm doing it. And I think I'm right. Or I know potentially I'm right. But then Phil, if, if you look at the people who are going to develop him, it's got to be a coaching staff that gets it. It's got to be a coaching staff that, that will also alter its playbook, not to what they do. Well, right. This is what we do. Malik Willis will play our fundamentals. no, what does he do well and what you know could you do a la John Harbaugh to alter your offense towards what he does well so i love this thought process and idea as a, a thought experiment if it goes down a path of change but if this is going to be rick and mike or rick essentially saying well a lot of a lot of people are taking hot young QBs, so I'm back in. I'm back. I'm going to take him. I don't trust that. I don't want Rick making this pick. I don't want Mike and his, his staff developing this pick. But that said, if it's done by the right people, I think it's an exciting idea. And see, I think where I disagree is I don't. I think it's less about who makes the pick. Like the, the three of us can sit here and say. All right. Like, okay. Like I, I spent like an hour last night just watching every Malik Willis video that I could find on YouTube, including they have every single play that Malik Willis ran, whether it was an incomplete pass or a big play down the field in the 2021 lending tree bowl against, I don't know, middle Tennessee. I watched I, I don't part know, of that game. Yeah. Some direct, like they beat the brakes off some team, like I 50 to, and they literally, so if you, if there's plenty of Malik Willis film out there for any any average Joe on his or her couch to sit there and say, yeah, that's an intriguing pick. If right. and so where I go, where I do agree with you is development. Because even like the average Joe can see, all right, he gets he gets a little improvisational. His footwork is kind of a train wreck. You know, he's there's some mechanical things that need to be worked out. But what I love about Malik Willis is he hunts for big plays down the field. He is one of the most mobile quarterbacks in college football. I mean, he's run for like 1,800 yards combined the last couple of years. He's just an escape artist. And I think like there's some guys who are escape artists in college and it doesn't translate. Like Baker Mayfield was kind of an escape artist in college, but his speed and athleticism didn't translate as much to the NFL level. I think Malik Willis is will. 
But the big, so I agree with you. Like, who's gonna if you're gonna make a draft pick like that? It's got to be an offensive minded quarterback guru, head coach, the right coordinator. You got to make sure that the weapons are sound around him, right? And the Vikings do have sound weapons to throw to. But the biggest, most appealing thing here, it's not. It's see, this is where people are gonna mistake this. Well. He's not better than Kirk Cousins. Cousins on on his best day is one of the top eight to 10 quarterbacks in the world, right? Like, why would you move off that? Why don't you keep that piece and fix everything else around it? It's all about salary cap, folks. That's the conversation here. Even if you can reduce Kirk's number by extending him, he's still going to wind up like $30 million more to the cap than a Malik Willis will. And so the question is, the totality of your football team is it better with, let's say, Kellen Mond at $1 million competing with Malik Willis, who, by the way, if he was drafted number 12, uh, I believe that number last year was $3 million, just over $3 million. So you combined would be paying your two quarterbacks $4 million to the cap. You would save $35 million by trading Kirk Cousins, and you could spend that money on a veteran right guard or a center. You could get a veteran cornerback in here if you needed to. Like, you could go get two or three other pieces minimum that would make your team better overall. By the way, Irv Smith Jr. comes back next year, hopefully close to 100%. And so, what do you have to lose also is my question here, Judd. Like, what are, what are we really protecting when it comes to this era of Vikings football? They're not making the playoffs. They haven't been above 500 in like 700 plus days. So, it's like, it's like people have this, and I think the Wilfs suffer from this too. They're like... Well, but like, but if we make a drastic change like that, then we're going to lose what we have. It's like, well, what do you have? Right. I guess what you have is that you're not the Texans. Like, that's what you have. Well, but how valuable is that? But in their mind, see, and this is where the Wilfs are. It's it's noble and it's also silly. What the Wilfs think is stability, right? Like. We want to be the Steelers and they don't change coaches. And every once in a while. Now they pop up and win big um, or win a Super Bowl. So what the Wilfs think is, and this is the problem with playing this game, they think, okay, so if if we make a change, especially substantial changes, we're starting again. Yeah. But, but what if, what if in 2022, and this was the same thought process going into 2021, what if we hit it? And and we have that year and we pop up and we win and we make the playoffs and make a playoff run. And so basically where they're deluding themselves is the thought of the unknown. We we are successful in 2022 and we didn't change the GM and we didn't change the coach and they didn't change the QB. And there's always these little tantalizing things, right? Yeah. Well, Mike and Kirk were meeting on Thursdays this year and that sort of changed. So <laughs> I'm serious. What a big I'm step. Ser- but but these are the things that are tantalizing. What if these we meet are- for 60 minutes instead yeah. of 45 next year? We could get but, a lot done in those extra 15 minutes a week. And you know that probably separately, Mike and Rick are having conversations with the Wilfs about why they deserve to stick around, why they deserve what they're going to do differently what the opportunity is all the bad luck and and this is the problem with there's a lot of good about a fan owning a team well like who's invested and cares that's great but the bad part is 
their football experts then convince them of things that we say, are you sure about that? Like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you the attempt of sale of all the close games to, to the Wilfs is, look at how close this team was. Like, I'll show you six games, a little, little more luck, a little more luck, Zig and Mark, and, you know, those are six wins. I mean, yeah. do you really want to make it? So that's the tantalizing, dangerous thing here. Now, I would call BS on the entire thing and say, no, it's gone on a, a long time. And most importantly, as Boone and I discussed on Tuesday, Phil, it doesn't take a genius to say this is no longer working. Like, you got to have a feel for it in your gut, don't you? You got to have a feel for it. Because we can twist statistics any which way. We can twist close losses any which way. But at some point in time, I think as people who watch sports a ton and, and have a feel for the the rhythms of sports, you just say, it's not working. It's not working. But I mean, I flat out, back to the point about me not trusting Rick, it's not a question of, because I know it's a crapshoot and I know that he's watched a ton of football and knows a ton, but this is my concern is this Rick has for so long sold us on how he grades guys down to the nth degree, right? Like a hundredth of a 10. I mean, I got them ranked. I got them all ranked. I've come to the conclusion that is a defense mechanism against his own insecurity, especially on quarterbacks about finding guys. Like he's yeah. trying to tell you, nobody could be more prepared. Um, the other thing, and this is where this team to me and it's not talked about much, but this is where this team to me has gone off the rails. Another thing is he's so big on personalities. Like, I, we talk to kids and we know. <clears throat> okay, if that's the case, you're telling me that you had no feel for Jeff Gladney? Like, zero feel. Like, he didn't, he didn't accidentally go out and, like, strike a pedestrian and panic and drive away. He, he allegedly dragged a woman by her hair. Like, that's not just a little, oh, oh, couldn't have seen that one. Oh, no. Now, and there's been enough of th those things. And where I don't trust Rick, and this is huge, I don't trust Rick to identify the quarterback, not only the physical traits, but also personality traits. And what we have learned is what? We have learned the personality traits of a quarterback are huge. So you're, so what you're saying is we can sit here and say, all right, listen, um, Malik Willis just watching enough like as guys who just watch football but aren't paid to be scouts like I would be really intrigued if the Vikings drafted him but what you're saying is if Rick Spielman stays as the GM and he's the one that drafts Malik Willis you would think less of the draft pick because you don't trust him yes yes and I don't trust him to identify the traits like the the quarterback pick is so huge and, and it's so much be beyond what type of athlete arm strength, all those things are incredibly important. But I have lost faith in Rick as far as identifying the people. And, and I will I will flat out tell you now, it's my opinion that the Vikings locker room, which is not filled with like bad humans, I'm not saying that, okay? But it, it does not feel for one second like this team works chemistry wise. Jello no, it and it, we should always we should always include the like the asterisk here, it doesn't work if your goal is to win a, a Super Bowl. Correct. 
Because there's a lot, I think there's a lot of people, including people in the organization that say, no, well, it works. We're competitive. What do you mean it doesn't work? We're in every game. Every game is a one score game. Like we just need to tweak this and this. It's like, yeah, but a lot of football games are close. Yeah, the Vikings are playing an historically high number of close games this season, but right. it's all about what are your expectations. If your if your expectations are to be competitive every year and to, you know, flirt with a playoff spot, probably a wild card spot, then Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins are the coach quarterback tandem for you. Right. They like like I've said a million times on this show. There are five or six teams in this league. The Houston Texans are one of them. The Jets that just bumble around and they can't find a coach or they can't find a quarterback or whatever it is. And they would do very well if they were if they were looking to be relevant to hire Mike Zimmer and to sign or trade for Kirk Cousins because you would go from three wins to seven or eight or nine and you would no longer be you know, one of the five worst teams in the NFL. But real quick. Back to this Malik Willis thing. People are so scarred, and you are too. Like I can, I can hear it when you talk about Rick Spielman. People are so scarred by the Christian Ponder pick. Well, wait, wait a second here. Kirk Cousins is one of the best quarterbacks in Vikings history. Why would you let that go? And I say, okay, we're not exactly talking about a laundry list of Hall of Famers when you're looking at Vikings quarterback. It's basically Fran Tarkenton, Tommy Kramer. Five years of Dante Culpepper and then a bunch of like one and two year veterans like Warren Moon and Brett Favre. So like the bar shouldn't be. Well, he might be the second best quarterback behind Fran Tarkenton in franchise history. The the bar should be look around the league. What's winning games right now? How can you overcome questionable offensive line play? And if like the idea of a Malik Willis fits today's NFL so perfectly, if you develop him and he pans out. And he might not have to be as good as Kirk Cousins or as accurate or as polished of a pocket passer in the first five or six years. He might just have to be a big enough playmaker, mobile enough to keep some plays alive and cheap enough relative to the salary cap so that you can stack the rest of your team while he's on a rookie scale contract for the first five years. Real quick, let me read you. This is a, a little paragraph here from uh, the draft draftnetwork.com, which is where we do a lot of our fun little mock draft simulations, which we will be doing plenty of this season. Mm-hmm. I want you to listen to this and just tell me, like, is this not the exact opposite of Kirk Cousins in good and in both good and bad ways? Malik Willis's eye for the big play is both his best friend and his worst enemy. The Liberty offense was subjected to some negative plays that were easily avoidable. And by the way, if you watch some of the clips and some of the games, like, I mean, there's times where he's like, if you're a coordinator or a head coach, you're like, oh, my God, dude, just let the play die. Like he's running around and he's trying to keep a play alive and he's throwing off his back foot into traffic and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's not going to fly in the NFL. But then there's also times where he does that, throws off his back foot 45 yards down the field and hits a wide open receiver, you know, and, and they score a touchdown. Willis will need to further embrace the value of short gains and throwaways as compared to holding the ball too long and allowing opposing rushers to close in around his position. He loves to use his mobility to keep plays alive behind the line of scrimmage. And and he's hunting for big plays down the field. Whereas Kirk cousins, like he's definitely stepped up his game the second half of the season, looking for plays down the field, but he's much more likely to avoid throwing a risky pass and complete something seven yards down the field just to keep at least moving forward to some extent. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, this would be, 
the exact opposite quarterback, salary-wise, mobility-wise, hunting for the big play-wise, and it could blow up in your face to some extent. But again, I ask, what do you really have to lose if you're the Vikings? What are you really protecting right now as you sit here two years after the last time you were above 500? If you if you bring in the right people to develop this kid, nothing. Nothing. Um, if your goal is status quo, a lot. If if your goal if your goal is I never want to be bad. I never want to win three games, four games. I always I always want to hover around being good enough, but not great. And and the other key thing is at the end of the day, what you have to accept, and this is very tough, but a lot of people do, what you have to ex- accept is that you are willing to embrace disappointment. Because if you're just good enough, you're going to be at some point disappointed. Um, but you know what you might say? You might say, hey, glass half full. Glass half full, baby. We weren't terrible. You know, we're not getting a top five pick, which on draft day hurts. But the rest of the time, we're very proud of that. So that's really the question that the Wilfs, and we don't have any idea. But the Wil- the Wilfs need to answer that question in 2022, which is, what do you want? They Privately, they might say, we'd love to win a Super Bowl, but this is pretty good. Um, the, the place where I think from a business standpoint, though, that this needs to go in a different direction and, and that like the type of build fill and the type of, of moves that you're talking about make sense is I think that these type of moves would harness a lot of excitement among a fan base that is right now completely gone. Like stale mm-hmm. is the best word. This team is now stale. And yes. look, look, I mean. This team is plastic, dude. It's a mannequin. Like it's. And you know what, Phil? We just saw this. If you, if you, if you embraced suits, Parisi, and the run of the wild, continually making the playoffs and being disappointed when the first or or in a couple cases second round was done, the Vikings are your baby. You love this Vikings team. This is your club. Mm -hmm. If you aspire. For more, and I just, I personally get so sick of the bumbling, stumbling, hey, we're good enough, but we're not great. Uh, Look at all the close games. I get so sick of pointing at the little things that mean nothing as if they're important. Look at all the close games. Well, at some point in time, that just means you're not that good. Um, So yeah, so so like, but, but if that's your Minnesota thing, if you look at the Twins and you say, well, you say they're 0-18 in their last 18 playoff games, but I say they played 18 playoff games. If that, if that's your platform, if that's your soapbox, then this is the state for you. Yeah. One last thought, and then we'll get to the the four key offensive stats here on this state of the offense Thursday episode of purple daily. Imagine the Vikings next year for the next three to five years with an offensive minded guru head coach with Maybe two young, mobile, potentially dynamic quarterbacks with upside, Malik Willis, Kellen Mond, that save you thirty plus million dollars to the cap for you to fix deficiencies on your team and the excitement building your team around that dynamic player on offense, right? Like just consider it. Consider it Vikings here. All right. Let's uh 
let's uh, let's throw a little shout out to our friends at Surly here, Judd. I, I got to be honest. I think uh, I think I could use maybe more than one Surly here on my recovery from food poisoning. I think I'm ready for it. I think I'm ready for a furious 48 yeah. hours later. I will mm-hmm. give, give you one right now. Surly furious IPA, the best thing going. In fact, if you're planning on sitting down Sunday night to, to watch that frigid Vikings Packers game, you're on the comfort of your couch. You're nice and toasty. You're nice and warm. And you're saying, I need to have a beer. Surly Brewing is the place to go as far as all of their offerings of beer. And Surly Furious is the beer to drink. I said it's the perfect beer for this year because the Vikings have, on a weekly basis, made you Surly and Furious. And yet Surly Furious calms you down. It's absolutely perfect. And as always, if you do, watch the game with a can. Um, of Surly Furious in your hand. Show us your... Show us your cans. Show us your cans. At Jay Zolgad on Twitter. Always like to see the people <laughs> being um, very happy to have a Surly Furious in hand. I want to, real quick, I want to uh, ask AJ here. Wait, wait, are, you, are you in for another year of Kirk Cousins or multiple years, or would you roll the dice on someone cheaper, younger, etc.? I mean, what you guys were saying, I think, in kind of the talk right before the surly read there was the way I want to look at it is if anybody can remember that feeling on that Super Bowl run, the the high that everybody had post Minnesota miracle, like destiny, like it was meant to happen. They're going to win the Super Bowl before. I mean, this is before the Eagles blowout. That is the, that is what I think Vikings fans should look to achieve from week one through the playoffs, not just like when, when I turn on the game now, I'm not excited for it. I'm not excited to watch the team just because they are stale. It's the same thing over and over. I know exactly how the game's going to happen. It's going to get close. They're going to, they're, they're causing more stress than excitement. And that's not how I want my football team to be like for the wild. It was a couple bad years. They draft 12th overall. They draft ninth overall. Now they have some of the best prospects in hockey. The future is bright. Uh, They have one of the top goaltenders coming up here in the next few years. If you can, if you tell me that the Vikings are going to have to be bad for a little bit, I can live with that. If it means that the roller coaster is going to come out with a nice peak on the other side, and then we're going to get to all ride the exciting thrill of the downhill slope. That yeah, is, this is like a roller coaster that just stays flat for two straight years. Yeah, it's just like, you, you buy right. your ticket, you strap in, <laughs> you just go on an oval, and that's it. You don't do, you don't go up, you don't go it's down. Kitty coaster. Yeah, the Vikings are the kitty coaster of the NFL. Kids are crying still. I want highs and I want lows because the highs are going to outweigh the lows at the end of the day. So let's I and but it comes down to the coaching stuff. You have to get somebody who's going to treat that pick and develop them in a proper way. And if you don't have that, it doesn't mean anything. You can't give. Dude, like of, they, yeah, go ahead. They, they drafted Kellen Mond in the third round. And Mike Zimmer has basically spent all year like ignore like anytime he gets brought up. I think Zimmer is just like so disgusted that they wasted a third round pick <laughs> on a quarterback. Like, you know, he's, he's basically said over my dead, if Sean Mannion can lift an arm, you know, getting out of his COVID deathbed, like we would start him over Kellen Mond because he's a they veteran. Kyle Sloter back. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Sloter's on the 53 man roster right now. That's the incredible oh, man. thing. So, all right, let's fly through uh, four key offensive stats here, boys. And then, because um, I know we got to get to Doogie on Mackie and Judd, which you can find. That's our other podcast and our other YouTube channel, Score North YouTube channel. So, uh, these are four categories of offensive stats. Let's start with 
offensive line as as sort of a, a category here. I think three out of the five starting positions are solidified going into 2022, but two of the five are in pretty terrible train wreck shape. So Brian O'Neill and Christian Derrissaw both rank among the top 30 offensive tackles in the NFL, according to pro football focus. And that's out of like 70 qualified tackles. So they're both above average, um, in the case of Darius, he's much better as a run blocker than a pass blocker, but he's had a pretty darn good rookie season dealing with uh, some injury things and, you know, the hernia and whatnot. Ezra Cleveland has been solid at left guard. He's 20th out of 60 qualified guards, according to pro football focus. Again, much better as a run blocker than he is in pass protection. But in terms of Garrett Bradbury and uh, all of the, all of the guys they've used at right guard, mostly Ole Udo, very, very low grades on those guys, all in the bottom five or 10 uh, of their positions. And so I guess what I'm saying here is they need a new starting center and they need a new right guard going into 2022. And the other three positions, I think you can leave alone. I think they're they're fine. Um, but run blocking is far superior to pass blocking by almost every single metric. Okay, I tend to agree with with the fact that I think O'Neal, Cleveland, and Derisaw are fine. Um, I would like the, and I'm going to assume that we're going to have a new coaching staff. Okay, I, I just I need to go go in that direction. Um, I'm going to assume then that, that the coaching staff is probably going to go away from the zone blocking scheme because keep in mind. Uh, the Bradbury conundrum is, well, he's smaller, but he can really get out and block for the run, you know, the zone blocking scheme. I want a Haas at center, a smart Haas. And by Haas, I just mean a big old guy. And and I want a right guard who knows how to play guard, which I'll say it again. Ole Udo, a week before training camp. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Ring, ling, ding. Hey, Ole, can you play right guard? <laughs> sure, coach. Okay, that ain't the answer. Um, but if they go in the direction, I think, coaching-wise and offensive-wise, that they should, which is not, let's find a bunch of small guys. Let's just find big guys that can block and pass protect. Um, I agree completely. And and the center also is imperative because I want that guy to be a hoss and to be smart. Like, I want him to run things. I want him to be back to where. I mean, this this franchise has had how long a line throughout its history previously of guys at that position who were just damn good and reliable and could play. They need to get back to that. Um, and if you're going to have potentially uh, go with a young QB, more important now, because that guy has to control things and, and really help out the QB through some probably mental gymnastics and struggles. Real quick, just for fun here. And I'm sure you, I know you've had these conversations with Doogie and with Declan this week, but what is the percent chance that they don't fire Mike Zimmer? Doogie and I were like, talking about that on Tuesday. Yeah, Do- Doogie uh, Doogie told us flat out, and th- there's been some steam just on Twitter, so it, it's um, speculation, but um, that he doesn't think the Wilfs have made a decision yet, and so the chance is not nearly as high. I think. How do you not? How thought, do you not know one way I, or the other at this point? I'm telling you what he told me. Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea how decisions aren't made, and like, there's no playoff berth that would change my mind. So, so it's not like you're competing. It, it's not like the bar is so high that if we don't get the two seed, they're all gone. 
Um, yeah. You are if you get in the playoffs, one, it, it's going to be a miracle, and two, it's going to be the seventh seed. So, how do you not have decisions made right now? Can't answer that question. I would. All right. The uh, second key offensive stat category is called feast famine. We've touched on this in part on the show before, but this is pretty amazing for a Vikings offense that really prides itself on running the football, right? The zone run blocking scheme, mobile, nimble offensive linemen. You got running back depth with Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison. The Vikings get stuffed, quote unquote, according to football outsiders, more often than any team in the NFL, they get stuffed for either no gain or a loss on one in every four running plays. Yeah. However, they rank in the top six in both second level yards, which is once you get five to 10 yards from the line of scrimmage and open field yards, which is 10 yards and beyond. So, so they, once, once they get a running back to the second level, yeah. They're excellent and they're among the top five. But when it comes to like just how often you're getting stuffed for nothing or a loss, no team gets stuffed more than the Vikings in the run game. How about that? Is Peterson back? I guess. Like those sound exactly like P- Peterson stats. And no, Sammy, Dalvin has Sammy, not looked. Peace. You know, Dalvin, you know, he's been banged up. Right. You now he's the he's another old. year older. Like the he just him. No question. Yeah, he has not looked like the same dude. I mean, he's still good, but he's not the same guy as like last year when he was fully healthy. I think that plays a part in it. I think another very important factor, predictability. Like you've gone through the stats. It it's like predictable. Oh, they're gonna run here, right? So we'll stack the box and they still run. Um, so yeah, I I think that speaks to the fact that there are situations where where some teams keep you off balance and the Vikings are almost certainly going to run. So I'm not shocked. Yeah. Famine, famine, feast, man. All right. Key category number three here, offensive stats. This is called passing game success rate. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people wonder like how, and we can do more of a deep dive on this in a separate episode, but how does a guy like Cousins and this passing game put up such ridiculous numbers, but they don't win as many games. Or right? and, and we we automatically go blame other things, offensive line or defense or whatever. Like and those things are definitely deficiencies too. But there's a stat called success rate that pretty much all of the sports books in Vegas use to determine all right how valuable are the yards that you're gaining or giving up. Like how meaningful are the yards that you're gaining or giving up? And so. Uh, a successful first down play is gaining 40% of the needed yards. A successful second down play is gaining 60% of the needed yards. And then third down, it's converting the third down. So, you know, if you gain five yards on first down and 10, that's a successful play. But if you gain five yards on third down and 15, that's so you gain five yards in both instances, you completed a pass or whatever, but like, right. Only one of them is is deemed successful, right? Mm-hmm. So in terms of just the passing game, the Vikings rank 15th in passing success rate this season. Only 47% of their passes are successful. So more than half of their passes are just, uh, they're either dink dunk shorter than they should be, schemed shorter than they should be, checked down when they shouldn't be. When you just look at the second half, the Vikings dropped to 17th in pass success rate. Mm-hmm. 
So it's, you know, all right, well, you can, you complete 68% of your passes or whatever it is, but like, what's the context? What's the volume of what's the depth? No what's question. the chunkage, right? I love that word chunkage. Yeah. Chunkage. That's I shouldn't say that to you. Good way to, to describe uh, my morning. Yeah, a couple I shouldn't mornings have said that. Ago. I'd like to apologize to all, <laughs> all the folks out, out there. That was my fault for introducing the in fact. I like that word chunkage. Um, okay. But again, again, not surprising at all. And Second of all, and this is the one thing I think that we that and people are going to say, look at the stats, Judd. Look at the stats. You don't know what you're talking about, Mister Negative. Look at those stats. Um, that's that also to me goes a long way towards the dysfunction or the lack of chemistry or the issue between two people, play caller and quarterback. Um, the check down. So I think we get confused. Kubiak doesn't call checkdowns. Like he's not in in Kirk's ear saying, "Check it down. Just check it down. Yeah, just just, just check it down." Kirk checks down because Kirk is risk adverse and doesn't want to make a mistake. But Kubiak does send in plays, and and you can't absolve him and say, "Well, Kirk is just checks down. Every, he doesn't check down every single time." So I think I think what that speaks to Phil is I think it speaks to to the fact that between the two people. They're both risk adverse and and the chemistry or the the marriage that that can work so beautifully, make you cry in football between the guy that calls the plays and the quarterback isn't there. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, there's definitely weird chemistry issues between head coach, quarterback, coordinator, head coach. Like it's just not I feel like head coach is checked out on that one too, right? Like I which is like I, which is, you know, not an issue at all when your head coach is as hey, nothing. They meet on Thursdays. <laughs> I I hear they're getting pizza and surly beer. Oh my gosh. And then I'll give you one more here. Key category number four here. key offensive stats. This is Kirk Cousins in crunch time. And it's via the athletic. Anyway, we could do we could do deeper dives on this stuff, you know, after this Packers Vikings game. But the Athletic went back over the last twenty years and pulled each quarterback's stats for how success. These are like advanced metrics for how successful they were inside ten minutes of the fourth quarter, trailing by two scores or less. So hey, yep. chop chop, the game hasn't gone well so far. Need you to bail us out, please. Just please create some sort of fourth quarter comeback for us, right? Well, the top 25 is filled, and this is, again, the last 20 years. The top 25 is filled with names you would expect. The number one quarterback in those scenarios is Pat Mahomes. Tom Brady is in the top five. Peyton Manning is sixth. Aaron Rodgers is eighth. Uh, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. Dante Culpepper shows up 12th. Brad Johnson shows up 18th. That's hilarious. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's in here. Eli Manning, Lamar Jackson are all in the top 20. Uh, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson in the top 25. Gus Ferrat shows up at 25. My God. Is amazing. Yeah. He My God, 2008. Okay, they should have kept playing him. You got to go all the way to 75th to find Kirk Cousins. Huh? He's, right, he's right in there with Patrick Ramsey, Brian Greasy, Mark Sanchez, and Tim Rattay. Timmy Pate. So uh, Timmy it's not Pate. good. And so I yeah. guess I would, I would, you know, in this year, he's, he's definitely done better early in the season in some of those situations this year. Yep. But a, I think a big reason as we look for, you know, why has Kirk Cousins, why have his teams 
been exactly 500 over the course of 10 years because mm-hmm. there's always two or three games that could have been won but weren't they weren't his fault that the team lost yeah but but he wasn't the savior that maybe some of these other top quarterbacks were when the wheels came off the car and and the other quarterback said okay I'll save it he doesn't save it as often as the other quarterbacks in some of his peers so just quickly to take to take that stat and and put it into a phrase okay the phrase is, they score too quick. They right? They score. Oh my God! The Vikings against the they score too quick. Shouldn't have scored too quick. Should have slow played it. And fans used to say, "What do you mean? You score when you can score." Like teams would say the same thing. You score when you can score. It's like no, you should slow play it sometimes. Um, if I say they scored too quick, both of you give me the first three quarterbacks that come to mind uh, as far as on the opposition. Uh, like, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. <laughs> same here. AJ? Same, same here. By the way, my guy, my guy, Tony Romo, is third on this list. He had like three or four epic high-profile slip-ups in fourth quarters, but other than that, he was literally one of the greatest fourth-quarter quarterbacks of our last 20 years. But my point is you don't say that about Kirk Cousins. Like, you don't say that about, oh, my God. Now, now yes, he led them on some late-game drives, and yes, we have to keep in mind one was against Detroit, so, like, that's – that's Detroit, um, but you don't think of Kirk Cousins. Yeah. If you're like, talking about like, getting oh, in field goal territory, maybe the conversation changes. But to actually get in the end zone, I'm, I'm talking about yeah. you go back down that field and you <laughs> yeah, score a exactly. damn touchdown, AJ. I'm hesitant. A couple other hesitant. guys who are higher up on the list than he is, Brock Osweiler, Tommy Maddox, Quincy Carter, Quincy Andy Carter. Dalton, and uh, RG3. <laughs> They're all in the 50s. So Wow. All right. Let's uh, also shout out our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been protecting business owners for over 100 years. So entering 2022, uh, you know, you got a new lease on business and it's your chance to make sure that you are protected from potentially unforeseen risks that could harm your business or your employees. Find out more about the great work that Federated does at FederatedInsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. That's a wrap on this. State of the Offense episode of Purple Daily here. Give us your thoughts on the Malik Willis mock draft discussion we had, too. Drop us a line in the YouTube comment section. We'd love to hear where are you guys at? Are you are you are you forging ahead with Kirk Cousins or are you looking to shake things up in a big way with your salary cap, with your starting quarterback? It's kind of where we're at with this thing. What do you really have to lose? Um, unless they beat the Packers, then keep everybody and uh, push forward. Just keep going. <laughs> Much to judge chagrin. All right. Uh, thanks to AJ for filling in for Declan. And uh, thanks to Pepto-Bismol for keeping me from uh, having to leave this conversation the last 40 minutes. It's great. It's Purple Daily. See you guys.